What's happening, weirdos? Uh, fret not, Valerie is here. For those of you new to the show, this is the Friday edition, which means it's when uh, me and Valerie, sweet lady Val, uh, get to catch up and basically have a date on air, which we always really enjoy. And this one is awesome. I really, really love this one. Only a couple things to plug up top. Uh, March 25th is my next Largo show. Uh, this most recent one sold out. It was awesome. Well, it's actually tonight. <laughs> That's me predicting that it will be awesome because I know who's on it. And uh, March 25th is the next one. Tickets at Largo-LA.com. Please come out and support. Speaking of supporting, if you like this show, uh, please try a Pete's Pick. We do ads, but we only do ads for things that we actually love. For example, I'm currently wearing my MeUndies PJ pants, my lounge pants. They're like a kind of a classic sort of like a Scottish red plaid, and they're super, super comfortable, and they fit super well. And that's kind of the point. I mean, imagine this. You're shopping, and nothing fits right. We've all been there, especially if you're me. I'm six foot six, two, 235, 240. We've been there. Finding your perfect size can be annoying. Things either fit like a glove, or you're straight up not having a good time. That's often me. And that's why MeUndies has the softest undies, bralettes, loungewear, like I'm wearing right now, and more that are made to fit just right. I personally, I like them 3X. That's what I wear. I have a 40 waist. I wear 3X because I don't, I like them just a little bit on the looser side and they fit like a dream. MeUndies believes that comfort is about more than what's touching your skin. It's about feeling comfortable in your skin and comfort starts with finding the perfect fit and size for you, which is why MeUndies wear tests on all sizes, extra small to 4XL for everything they make. They also offer different cuts for different butts in bold colors, like the ones I'm wearing now, to fun and adventurous prints, which I also love. And Leela, frankly, loves pointing at the zombies that are on my underwear or my PJ pants uh, or the gold pirate coins. I really like MeUndies quite a bit. They put me in a good mood. MeUndies wants you to find comfort in your size so the world can be a happier and comfier place for every booty. Every booty. Speaking of pirates. MeUndies promises if you're not comfortable with any product for any reason, you can return your order for a full refund within 45 days. MeUndies has a great offer for uh, for weirdos. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping right to your door. So to get 15% off your, free, your first order, excuse me, 15% off your first order, Free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go to MeUndies.com slash weird. That's MeUndies.com slash weird and show your support of this podcast. Secondly, this is how I started my morning. It's how I start literally every single morning is with my ritual multivitamin. I take it first thing. I love that it's a delayed release, which means uh, you can take it on an empty stomach can take it hours before you eat, which is what I do, and it will not make you nauseous because it waits until it's in your lower intestine to break down, which, by the way, is where vitamins are absorbed into your blood. That's why this is the only, the first and only multivitamin I've ever taken that doesn't turn my pee neon green and give you that feeling like, wait, am I just peeing this out? Because it's getting into your system because of that delayed release formula. Plus, ritual multivitamins taste great. You wouldn't think this would matter, but I look forward to taking them because they have a beautiful, pleasant, minty taste on the outside of the capsule that makes it go down extra smooth. And I also like that it's see-through. It looks like something from the future. 
And it's see-through in more ways than one. We deserve to know what we're putting in our bodies and why, especially when it comes to something we take every day. And Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly multivitamin is formulated with high-quality nutrients in bioavailable forms your body can actually use. There's no sugar, no GMOs, no major allergens, no synthetic fillers, and no artificial colorants. Plus, they taste great. Fresh taste, and as I mentioned, the delayed release capsule make taking your vitamins super, super easy. I love starting my day with it. it. Makes me feel ready to start and face and thrive in my in my morning and my afternoon and into my evening. A multivitamin should contain key nutrients and forms your body can actually use to help fill gaps in your diet. For me, as a mostly vegan, ninety nine percent vegan, uh, it's important for me to get B twelve hard for me to get B12 if you're not eating animal products. Boom, it's in there. And vitamin D3, super important for your immune system. It's in there all in two daily pills, high quality nutrients. You'll always know what you're taking and where they come from thanks to their one-of-a-kind visible supply chain. Literally, it comes with literature telling you where these things come from. Now available for women, men, and teens, Ritual Multivitamins are scientifically developed to help support the different stages of life. Your multivitamins are delivered to your door every month with free shipping, always. And I really love that the, the shipping is very minimalist in its packaging. It's not wasteful. And you can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime, which I've had to do once or twice, and I can't speak highly enough of the website. It, it's not trying to trick you or, or say, like, are you sure you want to snooze? If you want to snooze, you snooze. If your pill's piled up and you need to take a couple weeks off, couldn't be easier. It helps you every step of the way. And if you don't love Ritual, within your first month, they'll refund your first order. So get key nutrients without the BS. Ritual is offering weirdos 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash weird to start your ritual today and show your support of this podcast. Last but not least, you can't hear it vibrating, but it is vibrating. It's unclear and focused right now, which it often is in the earlier part of the day. This is my Apollo Neuro. Apollo Neuro is a wearable tech. Most people think I'm wearing a watch. It is not a watch. <laughs> it is a wearable piece of technology that delivers messages to your nervous system in the language that your nervous system can understand, meaning it uses, it speaks directly to the body in the way that the body communicates, meaning it's subtle, almost sub-perceptual, soothing vibrations that train your nervous system to recover and rebalance after stress. It's like a wearable hug for your nervous system using touch therapy to help you feel safe and in control. And I'm talking about help when you want to relax, when you want to sleep, when you want to focus and be more productive. I am using my Apollo constantly. When I wake up and I'm going to exercise, I put it on energy and wake up, which is basically like espresso, but you don't have to drink anything. It just gets your blood moving and flowing and makes you want to move. Social and open is a setting that I actually just started working with. And I am loving it. If I'm going to a play date with my daughter, if I'm going to a party, if I'm going to a show, when I'm doing creative work, the social and open setting really helps you ease into situations that in the past would have otherwise been very awkward and uncomfortable. It tells my body, you are safe, you are safe, you are safe. And as a result, parties and get-togethers have been so, so, so much more pleasant. If it just did that, if the Apollo just made parties more comfortable, I'd be shouting from the rooftops. But it also helps you focus if you need to work. Uh, many, many people have hypothesized that I might have ADD, and uh, Apollo definitely helps me 
focus and get into that zone. Rebuild and Recover is, uh, I just had a hand procedure at the doctor. I've been rocking this thing on Rebuild and Recover constantly, just after workouts, after procedures, after stressful dinners or whatever it might be. Uh, Rebuild and Recover is so, so useful. Meditation and Mindfulness helps me meditate more deeply than I have in years. The first time I used it, I felt like it was meditating for me. Relax and Unwind helps you do just that. Val and I call it the try to stay awake setting. And Sleep and Renew is what I wear it. I wear it. It's comfortable to wear while you're sleeping. And if you wake up in the middle of the night, you can put it back on and it helps you go back to sleep. So like I always say, if it did one of those things, it would be amazing. But it literally does all of those things. Training your nervous system to cope with stress better over time. And the more you use it, the better it works. Developed by neuroscientist and now my friend, Dr. David Rabin, and a board-certified psychiatrist who have been studying the impacts of chronic stress in humans for nearly 15 years. As I always say, it's not woo-woo. This is not a mood ring or like a, a crystal. This is hard science, and Apollo's effects on sleep, stress, cognitive performance, and recovery have been proven in multiple clinical trials and real-world studies, and those studies just continue, and the data just continues to blow me away. It's there, it's incredible, it's exciting, and it's changed my life. And you can get 10% off and show your support of the show by going to apolloneuro.com slash weird. That's A-P-O-L-L-O-N-E-U-R-O dot com slash weird and show your support of the show. All right, everybody, enjoy We Made It Weird, number 77, and hope to see you at Largo on March 25th. Get into it. Quick question. What's up? What does two levels of compression mean? Well, <laughs> if you hurt your ankle, you can put an ice pack and frozen peas on it. Ice cold pack compression. You can't start a can't start a podcast with me. I don't even know what compression is. We just turned compression on Val's mic because she does. She you just sound a little. Your voice sounded a little bit more distant. Tinny? No, thin. Oh, a little thin. A but, little thin. But mm. we, we fix it with compression. Yeah. I have no idea what compression is. Okay. What did, you, what did you catch me just today pretending like I knew what I was talking about? You said, can you go, oh, to that, there's a new hospital opening in our neighborhood. And we oh, started yeah. talking about Kaiser, Kaiser Permanente. Permanente. And you're like, because if I need an ER, where do I go? You you need Kaiser Permanente insurance to go to Kaiser per- Permanente slash weird. For 10%. No, but like, <laughs> and I was like, no, anyone can go to an ER. Like you, you can't be on fire and go to Kaiser Permanente's ER, but maybe you can. But you know what? what? That's my, sorry, just to stick the landing. That was my point is I had no idea what I was talking about. Right. There's very good chance that they're like, this ER is only for Kaiser Permanente, dude. And that policy is permanente. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds a little bit like something the a Kaiser, Kaiser would, would say. <laughs> you have done it. <laughs> Let's have this be the shortest episode ever. And just end here. Just Keep end it crispy. Oh. <laughs> Keep you it Kaiser. Made it weird. No, that's at the beginning. Yeah. Crispy. So, so crispy. My eyes so stay making run and run of crispy. I love that song. And I've never heard it in the wild. I've only ever heard it on this podcast. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Um, so please call in. Tell us. Can you go to a Kaiser ER if you Look, don't have it? I, here's my guess. If you need an ER. That I, Isn't that what ER is? ER? Yeah. <laughs> isn't that what they ER? <laughs> That's what they ER, dude. Isn't that what they... 
You got Art. Clooney in there. You got bald guy round glasses in there. You have lots of lots of hair that later became the good wife. They're all in there, and they're there to help. That's fantastic. Bald guy in circle glasses was my favorite. What happened to bald guy circle glasses? Can I tell you? Yeah, do what happened to bald guy circle glasses? Like, for sure. No offense to bald guy circle glasses because he was fantastic. Yeah, he was great. Do we think that guy would be given that role if they were casting it? Now? Today. Yeah. No, because he was nine. Like, what he was was. Well, although, you know what? Hmm. I'd like to find photos of Bald Guy Circle Glass because I bet he's evolved. Yeah. It wasn't his face that we're thinking was Trey 90s. Mm. It was it was the way. There was even the Clooney style. was acting Trey 90s. Do you know? And Clooney's grown. So I believe Bald Guy Circle Glass <laughs> and a lot of hair, a lot of dark hair that later became The Good Wife. They've all updated. She became The Good Wife and she was fantastic in The Leftovers. Like she's really evolved. She Shit. Was, she was the cigarette smoking mom. Was she? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was lots of hair. <laughs> wow. I wonder if she's still friends with bald guy circle glass. <laughs> okay, here's the thing about Clooney. Somebody just told me yesterday that he was like having... This is how they told it, okay? They were like... Uh, Clooney was, you know, like not getting... Clune bag, please. <laughs> yeah, he was not getting work and he was feeling insecure about that. And when he, is this? I need a, a date. I, exactly. I'm just the the story. What this I'm this story saying, is very different in 1996 than it is. If he's feeling that way now, no, I think this was at the beginning of his career. But I'm assuming that. Yeah, I mean, sure. and then he reframed it in his mind, being like, "I'm not desperate for jobs. They need someone like me." And like he's said before, I guess that that reframing really changed like it opened things up that's interesting i've heard i've heard things like that like with the montreal comedy fest which is like you know i don't know if this is how it is anymore but certainly when i was a young man Mm -hmm. everybody was like that's your break and then either it's in the movie comedian or berbiglia or somebody said it to me where it was like plane there's an airplane going by the doors open everybody we're having a folksy one (sighs) um they were like the festival says this is your big shot, but then someone, Mikey, it is Mikey. He's like, yeah. they need you. Yeah. They need, like, yeah. they're, and you know what? Having cast things and having, you know, been on the other side a little bit. Yeah. They are desperate to find the next great people. Yeah. And you are great. You just need to, like, ease into it. Like, you need to relax. Don't let that that juice freak you out so much that you can't show who you are. So when Clooney flipped it, I bet he was able to ease into his Clooneness. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's all really good advice. Even I'm sure that can apply to not acting. But my initial reaction to that story was, you fucking look like George Clooney. Yeah, I look, I don't, I don't. I, while you were talking, I really noticed that it took less than one second. And that's not because I'm special. It's because I really paid attention to how our brains work. Yeah. So in less than one second, I forecasted me saying Clooney's not really for me. Ooh. And that jumped me less than one second. Yeah. Jumped me to me. I was in a hospital and there was Clooney in his full Cloon. <laughs> full Cloon. And he's drinking his tequila. 90s Clune? Because I need to know. No, now Clune. Oh, now Which Clune. I think is a better Clune. Way better Clune. Yeah. 
totally unfair. I'm saying as a as a woman. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just saying I'm speaking. I'm saying something that women would probably say. It's unfair that men get better looking. Yeah, and he does. So yeah. there he is, and he's sipping his uh, t- his Clooney tequila. Calamigos. And, and in I'm oh, telling no. you, Casamigos. Calo <laughs> uh, Calamigos. Cal- You're just on a gas tire in a movie. Calamigos. Mm, yes, Calamigos. <laughs> 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 so again, I can't stress that this this is taking a thousand times long because the whole thing was so fast. <laughs> he's sipping the tequila in his mind. He's mad that I said that he's not for me, mm-hmm. and because he never gets a challenge, he's really trying to make me think that I that he is for me. So he's sipping his tequila and doing that thing that all actors do when they're drinking. Here, I'll do it. Ooh. I'll do it. Ready? This is this, I, I actually sort of bugs me. Two things about movies. One, in fights, people always say, what's that supposed to mean? Uh-huh. And I actually think art, uh, life now imitates art, and we people we now that do that. Be, but because of TV. In life, but because it's a great device to be like, well, maybe if you had thought about it. What's that supposed to mean? You were drunk, Pam! Yeah. Like, we love that I as think writers. it's also buying time. <laughs> it's all You're absolutely right, because so much of the fight, especially in a movie is just to kind of keep the ball in the air, like Mm. volleyball. So you just want more time Mm. for them to yell and make faces and, like, move a stack of magazines from the couch to an end table. Yeah. Like, that's really the fight. But they have to say something, so they say, what's that supposed to mean? And it is And by the way, I write what's that supposed to mean in my fights all the time. So And sometimes they really are, like, somebody says something kind of cryptic, and you're like, what's that supposed to mean? But what's funny about it is that you're mad already, so it's like... I know you're insulting me, but how exactly? Like, say it. <laughs> yeah. What we're saying is, like, so much of life is looking the other way on people saying things when you know... Like, you told me about a friend of yours asking you about something, mm-hmm. and uh, I can't give details because it's your friend, but they asked you a question that you knew they didn't want the answer to. And mm-hmm. let's say the, the answer they didn't want was yes. <laughs> and their question was, should I eat more tomatoes? Mm-hmm. And you think they have a, like, okay, a, tomato, a problem. tomato problem. <laughs> and you went, no. Yeah. What is fascinating about this American life, mm-hmm. act one, <laughs> is that that's what we're doing all day. That, that we, we will accept small affronts to the reality that we're building. Mm. But at a certain point, they get too big. Like if you go, should I should I eat more tomatoes? And you go, or stop eating tomatoes or whatever it is, and you go, oh no! Like <laughs> then you go, or you go, no! And I go, what's that supposed to mean? Because you say, are you about to challenge my reality? Uh, like you really want to make sure before you have your reality challenge. Mm. What what I really find fascinating about this tangent, we're gonna get back to Clooney. No worries, <laughs> is that like we're all carrying around like farmer sinks, like deep white, mm. thick sinks filled to the brim with water. Mm. And this is our story mm. of ourselves. We, we were laughing about how, like, dads carry very full sinks where they're like, I'm the man, mm. I earn the money, mm. uh, You, everyone's fine, mm-hmm. everyone likes me. <laughs> and, you know, like, that's why dads are ripe for, like, a, all right, you want to say it? Let's say it. Like, <laughs> And that's... Do you want me to splash some of the water out of your out of your farmer's sink? Mm. But that's a scapegoat. I, I'm scapegoating these dads in the story because I absolutely have uh, my farmer's sink is filled with thoughts like I'm easygoing. 
Yeah. Like that's a story that I would like to be easygoing, but I'm not. Yeah. I, I mean, I, look, I can't even say I'm not because I'm like, I am. Yeah. I am. I'm not. But I, I mean, am. Everybody is. I can same. appear easygoing. Well, <laughs> and I ev- can be. Easy. Everybody is everything all, all the, time. the time. Yeah. Which brings me to the thing. We'll get back to Clooney. I really. Okay, let me do the acting thing, and then I'll give the. Is this going to work um, orally? Olfactorily. Uh (laughs) Y'all are about to smell a bit. Um, (laughs) By the way, whoever came up with the the phrase olfactory, like that's Mm -hmm. your nose, like Mm -hmm. that smell, get out of here. Yeah. That's the one to beat. Let's not stop here. (laughs) Yeah. It's making me think of what it smells like in an old factory. You are my everything. <laughs> Sorry. I was just, I'm just so pleased with you. All right. I'm going to do the, the drinking. This is what Clooney did in my less than one second fantasy. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You say, you, it's, I, I know you're very handsome. You're just not for me. That's what you say to me. Okay. And I'm Clooney. Look, Cloon, I know you're very handsome. You're just not for me. Okay. Yeah. No, I understand. Not for you. <laughs> yeah. But he turns away. <laughs> like, that's, that's so key. This is not. He turns away from me. Because it's all this posturing of like, you're going to want this. You're going to want Clooney. This is like feeling like Corky on Waiting for Guffman, where it's like he's like describing the detail of some kind of it's it's making me think of specifically when he's talking about backdraft and he goes nobody wants fire poked poked in their noses <laughs> that is so <laughs> but it's but it's just you describing something over just uh, olfactory <laughs> just this in an olfactory this is a smell cast uh, that is so specific <laughs> do you remember when we smelled something bad and we we had just watched the movie Mank, and I went, oh, that is Mank. <laughs> and you laughed for like 30 minutes. And it wasn't what I said. It's the distance of time there had passed since we watched and finished the Gary Oldman picture Mank. That was the joke. An idiot from the outside would go, the joke is that he said that smells Mank. Really, the joke is yep. sitting 100%. on it. Yes, for that long, and then it was just like a callback to a completely mundane event. Yes, okay, so oh, that got me a second time. Yeah, I totally I loved forgot. It. I didn't mean to interrupt. I just knew you would love it. But keep going. You were no. talking about Guffman and, no. and the details. And yeah, I just feel like you're describing this in such a detail. It felt very Christopher Guest to me. That's all. I completely agree. I think there, there's a paradox. One, we shouldn't take the world so seriously. Like, maybe maybe turning away isn't worth mentioning. But I'm also like, it's actually been on my mind lately. So I had a, a, a I, I have it written down what I wanted you to get to. So we won't not get to it. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this. So I'm gonna talk about this. <laughs> this really is. I'm seeing. Like, we always talk about how the beginning of the podcast is like so manic. And I just know you so well that I'm seeing uh-huh. that that you are really just saying everything that comes to you in a way that's like still very entertaining. But like that's that was like a moment where you're like, okay, wait, there are some priorities. Well, that- I I am keeping 
track of what yeah. we brought up and the frustration level. Things do fall away, but I will not forget this one. This was like why I wanted to do the podcast. Ooh, today. I don't even know what it is. I can't I, yeah, read you're it. I'm excited. I am excited. excited. I'm into I have, it. I have doctor's handwriting like Clooney. <laughs> a boomy. A shaboom. A shaboopy. Okay, that's great. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm this dead. Just... You just caught me look like you just caught me saying that's great as a bridge for a moment to like collect myself, but you were looking at me, which felt very vulnerable for me to just be like, okay, that's, that's great. great. And then you saw me. You don't want eyeballs, peeled eyeballs on you when you're just kinda like, okay, well, beginning again. That's great. That yeah. That's great. I, that's funny because my interpretation of it was really, truly going back to like, you are just green lighting every thought that comes. Well, I have in. a lot of thoughts on starting. You were washing your hands or something? Like I heard the sink running. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm not mad about it, but I did have to like go like, why are you? And here's the thing. <laughs> Wait, why would you be mad that I was washing my hands? Because it was 2.30 and we got to get Lee at, at four. And I was just sort of like, <laughs> let's go. And, and, and I Val, in that moment, I was like... Pete, you're king. Okay, let's start. I'm just going to take a cold plunge real quick. <laughs> yeah. Like, that. that's so me. So I could rationally go, like, don't be ridiculous. Mm. And then I just did, like, three deep breaths. Mm. I, I think I told you, Dr. Rabin, we hung out and he told me about five seconds in, five seconds out. Yeah. Been loving it. Huge tip. It sounds so stupid that that would be it. Mm. But I had a show last night. I was in the car. I was just feeling anxious. I was just feeling out of my brain, out of my body. Sat in the car, got there early, sat in the car for 10 minutes, did five in, five out. Mm. And they naturally increased and just felt so much better. Had a great show. Loved seeing people at the show. It was awesome. And that breathing technique really makes a difference. So I just did that mm. because I was waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Got it. And really what waiting is, is is going, what I need is out there and it's out of my control. Mm. I want you to be in here mm-hmm. and I want to be starting and it's out of my control. So I have to go to the breathing, which is embarrassing, but that's how like being a human works. Like you mm-hmm. kind of want to be in control and you want what you want. And even if, it, even if you rationally know she's just washing her hands or something. Mm-hmm. But then I thought this, and I thought you might appreciate this. The way that you have noticed that when I want to have sex, I just immediately drop all of my clothes. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to take a, a moment to sit right there. I'll tell you how I remove my socks before I go down there. <laughs> like, what I'm saying is in a Fresh Prince iambic pentameter. <laughs> theme song is in iambic <laughs> pentameter. It thinks that Ooh. iambic pentameter is just, just any kind of rhythm. Yeah, it's yeah. a rhythm rap. It's a rhythm rap, Dan. <laughs> I, uh, I do want to note that I take my socks off and I take pride in that, that I'm not like yeah. a 90s movie cliche of, of hasty married sex. Mm-hmm. But the same... Speed of that. <laughs> but the, yeah, no, no, no. And, and I... It's not like I... <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I don't understand. I, I do. Uh, like, we were talking last episode about the different, like, one of the things I love about you is you are not a dyed-in-the-wool, like, completely purple sheet of cotton that is just completely dyed-in-the-wool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God! Performer. You can perform. Uh-huh. You like to perform. You lead your dance classes. You you love karaoke. You love performing. Mm-hmm. But you're not a performer mm-hmm. in, in the... <laughs> I didn't... The 
D-I-T-W, D-I-T-W sort of way. <laughs> and I am. That's not better or worse. Mm-hmm. And that shows itself when I make the decision to start the podcast. That means the super soaker has been cocked mm. so many times that any pressure on the trigger, you're going to get yourself a mist and maybe even a little rainbow, all right? <laughs> and you're like, we'll start We'll start the podcast. Same with mm. sex. I'm mm. like, I have made the decision. Mm. Sex is happening. I, I, I want it. Mm. Let's just do it. It's become yeah. a performance. Uh-huh. Not in a, not, certainly not in a bad way. We, we connect and, and it's loving and it's, and I've even learned to not take all my clothes off immediately mm-hmm. unless, you know, Leela's home and we only have a couple minutes. <laughs> I mean, which is almost 100% of the time. Well, yeah, because we don't give room to our nanny and go on a hot air balloon. We're in the wall-dyed parents. I found a new way to say it. Oh, my God. The wool-dyed. Oh, God. Um, No, it, yeah, I, well, and I do think that that's where some of, we've already talked about it, but thinking of it. Which is, mm. this is just the conditioning of men that we've made men think like you have to perform an erection that lasts the exact right amount of time and never dwindles and never. Right. And like, and then it, you know, shoots. And then it, sh- <laughs> I'm going to shoot. I'm going to shoot. That's from MacGruber. Um, yeah, my, I used to have a bit about it. I stopped doing it because it just wasn't funny enough. But it was about how we say we achieve erections, right? Yeah. That, that actually wasn't even really my point. There, There is times when I'm like, it's, it's, I hear the Muppet Show theme. <laughs> like it's time to have <laughs> it's sex. It's time to start the show. <laughs> it's time to penetrate. Write it down below. Uh-huh. Um, that was terrible. I well, regretted it. Singing about penetration in the, to the Muppets. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Edit it out, but then edit it back in. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what I, I just meant like, even, even when I'm having connected, non-performative, non uh, achievement obsessed sex mm-hmm. I still am a, a performer in the sense that I'm like let's do it it's here and mm-hmm. and, and that leads to this sort of jacked up jackal that, that, that hosts <laughs> the first 15 minutes of this podcast yeah. and that jacked up jackal is the crown jewel of, of my talent set. It's, yes. it's who does my stand-up. It's who writes my scripts. It, mm-hmm. He shows up and he, and to quote, there will be blood, he blows gold everywhere. That That's like his thing. He gets all pent up. Yeah. And sometimes he's mopey and he's quiet and he's this and he's that. And, then, and, then, and yeah. that is, uh, that's one of the things I thought of while you were washing your hands, question mark? <laughs> I was rinsing a dish. Uh, even worse. Even <laughs> less urgent. But see, I could have been upset that there was a dish. <laughs> But that I wasn't. Is, suddenly, we're on the King of Queens. <laughs> I know. Well, it does kind of feel like we're on. That's, uh, that's mad about you. Mad about you. Shit. Um, I I'll can't be coming home, home to you. you. Yeah. Um, I. Yeah. It, I. Th- we love that little Jack in the Box that you are and can be. Um, but also, my skill set is oriented to the other side of things, which is. Let's just come in. Let's just kind of ease everything in. Let's make sure everybody is comfortable. We're all settled. And yeah. then let's have like a nice 
beautiful story arc of you are a four season spa (laughs) and i am a guy fieri pop-up restaurant at laguardia (laughs) airport no no you're six flags at least okay then i'm a six flags guy fieri (laughs) pop-up and i'll take you to flavortown (laughs) that's true but like i do this is this these are the abcs of us man (laughs) well Honestly, we're obviously not like this all the time, <laughs> the way we are in the pod. Yeah. But I love those those balancing energies. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mean to make you the Black Widow and mm. to make myself the Incredible Hulk. See, I I think I'm the better one in this situation. Yeah, I'm the smashy the idiot, one. and you're, you know, a Russian murderer. But okay. <laughs> Why the Black Widow? Isn't she Russian? I I didn't mean to make like a topical. (laughs) Oh, God, yeah. No, I think she is. I think she's Russian. I don't know who she is, actually. ScarJo. Oh. And remember when Hulk's really uh, Ah. smashing and grabbing, she can touch his hand and he he slows down. God. And by the way, that that can be problematic that women are just here to be the containers for men. Definitely. But frankly, that, that is an element of our dynamic. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I I think that is one of the myths that makes like anger and ambition in women totally unacceptable to our society because it's like like Leela is so far uh, we're, we're we're running with female <laughs> she might correct us later uh, and she is the Incredible Hulk a hundred percent right oh, now yeah. uh, and and. I think the whole like She's beauty, fierce. beauty and beast of it all, has made totally. it like really unacceptable. And, you but know, it just happens to be that in our relationship, that is sort of the currently thing. happening. Yeah. Like your calmness is calming me down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I yeah, and but of course you're so much more than that. I want to be yeah. very clear. Yeah, that's not like that's not in the top fifty mm-hmm. of what we're about. But it, it's mm-hmm. just it's what's happening currently. Yeah. Okay. So can I can I say the thing? Yep. Okay. So I'm talking about like. My, I thought that farmer's sink thing was pretty great. Mm-hmm. We're all carrying around these stories, and we don't want we don't want them splashed. Mm-hmm. And then I want to think I'm easygoing. And then we go into um, a restaurant, cafe. <laughs> really, it's a cafe. <laughs> we walked in, and I was in a great mood. And immediately, and I really, I'm, I'm going to throw this to you because you have, and you're going to remember what you said. There was just five people in there. And one of them was a man sitting alone, mm. and that man was watching a movie mm-hmm. on his phone. Yeah, without uh, earbuds. Thank you. And I do think that's how we should speak of watching movies in public. If it's without earbuds, that's the headline. It's it's <laughs> watching a movie on oh, his yeah. phone. You assume earbuds. Yeah, of course. This man is in a quiet cafe. <laughs> And the sound of this movie is just in the cafe. And there's like Mm -hmm. people working and people talk. And and we're about to sit down and try and talk. And I just, as we've diagnosed me with ADD just now, Mm -hmm. there's no way. Mm -hmm. We ended up sitting outside mostly because of this man. Mm -hmm. And you know what? We were cold. Uh, (laughs) But to to give it to you, because you said something brilliant that your therapist said to you. But Mm. a little bit about my experience was I just... All of my stay with the witnessing presence or like who is it that's observing this tension in your body or whatever it might be. Even my like just allow it. That helps. Mm -hmm. I lock up in my body and I revert. We talked about it outside because of this guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, because of my problem with this guy. 
Um, I was like, I was able to find it quickly. I was like, in my house, there was a balcony. I know that sounds like we lived in a mansion. We didn't. They just designed it badly. There was like a balcony. Inside. Inside. Yeah. It was so stupid. I used to climb down from it as a child. Oh, really? I figured out I could lower myself. So it was also dangerous. You've talked about this before, and I cannot picture an indoor balcony. Was it like how my my parents' old house was with like that bridge that... Uh, Sort of. No. I can't even fully picture it either, Val, Mm. because it sounds... Physically impossible, (laughs) which is sort of perfect because if you talk to my brother, that balcony was like, you know, it's the opposite of the linchpin that's keeping the family apart. It's like it was the cause of so much problems. Mm. And my dad, that part of the house, they renovated. So he put it in, which made it even worse. It was a sort of like Mm. ill-advised, rich-looking move. Mm. Like, imagine... You come out of your bedroom, like, I don't even know how you sell this to somebody. You come out of your bedroom and you look down the balcony and you can see the kitchen. It's like, why? (laughs) All it did was bleed the sound from the TV Mm. up into my mom's bedroom. Mm. Now, I I know I've talked about this before, but she also had cats, so she couldn't close her door. All of these Mm. problems so easily solved, but there was always like a, but no, there's cats. So keep the cats in the fucking bedroom, is it? But then they scratch. Or just choose which choose your nightmare choose your nightmare either the cats can't get in or you can't sleep you are my special angel I mean that's 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 I've never even considered that yeah but that's someone had to say there's going to be a nightmare yeah choose one a cat occasionally maybe wanting to get out and you have to say no yeah or you have to listen to my dad watch it i don't even know what the fuck my dad watched but he and, just channel surfed i think and this is not specific to your mom but that is why that that so quickly is it's so thinly veiled as like no you want you to want be, the conflict you want the conflict because you can just and even like she has it's like She has cats now, but for a long time she didn't. And it was always like, you love cats more than anybody I know. And you're lonely. Don't you want cats? And she's like, what if we go away? Who's going to take care of them? Exactly. And And it's like, like, oh, you're just looking for a reason to not have one. I I, I recommended the Apollo to somebody who was in a bad way. And I was like, look, this really helps me with anxiety. And they were like, oh, I can't keep it. I can't have something charged. Yeah. And And I've thought about it since... This person loves video games. I'm like, you keep all these fucking controllers charged. Yeah. All these wireless controllers. Keep your phone charged. Like, th- th- that's the yeah. that's the sink filled with water. Mm-hmm. Like, don't mess with me. I'm, I don't want to say they're enjoying it, but I'm being anxious sky, right? Or I'm being down in the dump sky. Or my yeah. mom certainly is being like, no, no, you get it. I'm neurotic housewife. Like, I'm, yeah. that's what I'm doing. Well, and it's more of, it seems like it's more of like a, no, I, it's a, it's a, they're at a standstill. It's like he should be the one that changes, not me. Yes, and I forget who said it. It was probably you, my love. But it's like even if you solve that problem, there will be another problem. Sure, of if, course. If yeah. you fix the TV balcony and the cats, yeah, you get a soundproof kitty cat door, or you seal that, <laughs> like like in Forrest Gump where he mows down Jenny's house. Like <laughs> yeah. sealing up that balcony would be hugely therapeutic for me and my brother. Yeah, and I'd love to talk to the people that live there mm. if they still have that fucking balcony. Uh, Because you got to seal it up, man. Seal that shit up. Anyway, um, 
I realized that what you said if you're if you're overreacting, what did you say? Oh, well, I said if this is not my phrase, if it's hist- if it's hysterical, it's historical. I mean, if it's hysterical, it's historical. The comfort that I felt when you said that mm-hmm. was incredible. Yeah. It's like when Mr. Rogers says if it's mentionable, it's manageable. It's, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where you're like, oh, oh, right. Yeah. Millions of people not only have had this, have this. Right. What we would say in Eckhart Tolle language is, I know I'm in my pain body. That's right. Which is also my mom's pain body, mm-hmm. meaning the collective stored record of pain, suffering, and psychological trauma that's in your cells, Mm -hmm. in your body, in your brain, everything, Mm -hmm. is keeping her uh, stoking this fire, this conflict with the Mm -hmm. cats in the balcony. My pain body is possessing me because a man is quietly watching. Mm -hmm. It was quiet. Yeah. It wasn't that loud. Didn't bother you. Like, if I hadn't mentioned it, you wouldn't have been like, ugh. Yeah, because that's not my specific wound, but, but it's something my dad else. Watching TV. Yes, but if a friend had texted me in that moment, being like, "I'm offended because you said this thing," I would have been completely possessed by that. Yeah, like, and yeah. you know, we all have our own things. What I love about it's not it, when it's hysterical; it's historical. Is that it takes the shame away, which we've said before on this podcast. But you say it a million times because I need it again today. Yeah, it's not the feeling; it's the shame about having the feeling. I and that's what I was going. I was like, here I am, this meditating spiritual person mm-hmm. who, who spends so much of every day doing that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. and I walk in and the guy's watching a thing, mm-hmm. and and then you just go like, easy, relax. Mm-hmm. You're 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 basically 11 years old right now. Yeah, that's right. This is just your child self and you in those moments comfort your child self which has benefits your child self. It has so many benefits. It it benefits your child self in that moment. It communicates to your limbic brain which does not know time. So whatever your child self wasn't getting when this wound was developed you are giving it to them, and your limbic brain doesn't know the difference. It doesn't know that it's not right. getting it when it... So it's like time travel. And as soon as you comfort your child self, which doesn't have to be this whole like ceremony, you can just be like, oh, yeah, little Pete, you're, this, is, this is your big scary thing. Yes, I see that. You're, you're safe. You're safe. The second you do that, you have disidentified with your child self and you have re-identified with your adult self who can not be afraid of little sounds because you know <laughs> that you are an adult and that you're not in that same situation. It's it's like the way of communicating, yes, but this isn't that, you know. It, yes, but this isn't that, yeah. And... The other thing I think that you wanted me to get Already, to is, yeah, yeah. yeah, is that my my therapist said um, to me just on Tuesday, we're only ever afraid of things that already happened. I just thought, I was like, as soon as you said that, I was like, I wish this was on the podcast just because I know what a gift that is to me. Yeah. We're only too. afraid of things that have already happened. Meaning that, like, even if the details are changed, we we're only scared because we already experienced something like that and probably didn't have the resources. So our brain, our brain goes, wait, is that thing going to happen again? 
and mm-hmm. is like, you know, even again, like the details are changed. It's somebody watching TV on their phone. It's not your dad, you know, neglecting yeah. your mom or whatever. My mom isn't trying to read her murder mysteries with two cats <laughs> that apparently love going in and out. <laughs> And the freedom to do so, or just the option. Yeah, they just like the option. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it is, but you're scared of that because that scary thing happened already. I I, I don't know. I'm in a nice mood, and I'm just like, it's just so interesting (laughs) the way that we work. I know. It's really wild. And it is like, I can get to a place where I'm like, why? why is it like this? Like, what a weird design that we just have all this stuff that we have to, like, work through. But then, and I don't have the answer to that, and I don't know if I'm meant to, but something that I do say to myself when I am in a good, connected place that I try to remember is, oh, we experience this trauma and these difficulties and these child wounds so that we can experience healing. Yes. Because that's so much more beautiful than not having any of those things. Well, I mean, I think we really run a risk of if things are undisturbed and pleasant, nothing will ever happen. Mm-hmm. And nothing will ever experience anything. Yeah. And as someone who deals with addiction, I guess I, I, I never say I'm an addict or I never feel great saying I'm an addict. And it's only because I don't want addicts to feel like I'm trying to sidle up to them and mm. and be like, I'm in this group too. I don't know why. Like, yeah. I, I guess I'm obsessed with like labels and and like I don't know being welcome to the group. Mm. But as someone who struggles with addiction, and somebody told me they were like, for an addict, the only acceptable feeling is euphoria. Yeah, and I just said that to our friend who also identifies as an addict, and he said, he said. Uh, for him, the only acceptable feeling is oblivion. Yep, I can I can get there. I because you okay. So I had this hand procedure. What, what I want to say the the reason we're now moving on to this, which is actually pretty great, because I wanted to talk about this too, mm-hmm. is because I was hearing what you were saying. It's like we're doing this thing, <coughs> meaning reality. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me, meaning life. And I really think, as you've pointed out many times, that like it's really a clue to how the universe works, that euphoria doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and also, we're fascinated with these stories of like wealth yeah. doesn't necessarily work. You know what I mean? Like yeah. being famous doesn't work. Yeah. Like, because it's almost like nothing works because the whole thing is in a constant state of change. Mm -hmm. You want works. You want the Mm -hmm. word works in 75 story granite letters and that to stay forever. Mm. But that's just not what we're doing. Right. And the reason we're not doing that is because it doesn't work. Like it's not what we're here to do. Yeah. And we're here to experience everything. You need to forgive. You need to be forgiven. You need to feel uh, pain. You need to be heartbroken. You need to be flourishing. Mm-hmm. You need you, even in the course of an hour, like you need mm. to feel all those different ways. And if all we did was feel great all of the time, mm-hmm. what then? Yeah, it's it's a it's a trap. It's why so many movies like uh, Big Fish have the euphoric place that tries to say, just stay here. Yeah, and you go like. I can't because I, there's something in your intuition that knows you're not just there 
to to have ambrosia blown up your butt. Yeah, I I uh, lost it. What was it? Um, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Uh, it doesn't work. Think, think, think. Euphoria. You started to light up at the letters. The word work. Yeah, thank you. See, I saw your face. (laughs) So it also is very Western to think that we should be happy all the time and that that's an achievable thing and then that's even the point of life. And it's also not coincidentally, because it's Western, it's also very masculine Mm -hmm. to be like, just give me what the efficient thing is that works. That's right. And how do, uh, you know, it's like Like the business. It's the classic thing. Like my parents used to say, again, they didn't make this up, but like my dad had to learn that it's not a fix it conversation. It's a feel it conversation. Yeah. And like it is a masculine thing to be. And I I'm saying this as somebody who does this more often than not. So this is a way that I can have too much masculine energy is if I feel uncomfortable, I think, well, then that's a failure because we're meant to be happy. Um, and something inside me is broken. How do I fix it? This feeling mm. is broken. How do I fix it? I need to do this. I need to do this. And I and the feminine a- attribute is understanding that we're in a constant flow mm-hmm. and to to flow with it. To oh. like Val's closing the door because the trash door. is being picked up. Um, Jack Cornfield says. It's okay to acknowledge that you're in the river of life because you can swim. Mm. Like, it's just swimming with the flow of things and understanding. And I've been really trying to do that because this last week I've been in more of a, it's a very, it's one of the things on the menu. It's very standard. Um, somebody could probably listen to this podcast and maybe find some cycles of like when I feel this way and, and when mm. I feel better. But like, just being in a state where there's a lot of anxiety in my body and and uh, my thought stream is heavier as a result and i've just been really trying to take comfort in this is one of the things that happens and it always passes and there seems to be seasons yep. and i don't even have to find the pattern i just have to trust trust and surrender and surrender and acknowledge that that it it changes I constantly. Just, and this goes back to perfect oblivion and addiction and all this stuff. So I, I had people that listen to the pod know I had a thing called trigger finger. Or I have a thing called trigger. I don't know how to say it. I guess I had. Had. Yeah. Wow. That's fun. My mom has it. It's genetic. They say it can also be brought about by alcohol, which is part of my theory as to why I got it young. I don't know. Oh, that's this is my own little theory. Yeah. Um. But anyway, I had a procedure done. I could tell you the whole story. I won't. I won't tell you the I, whole story. I think you had. You were between treatment, the shot, and the final thing. Well, the first the time. Last remember that? Oh yeah, that's great. Thank you. Because we saying I feel it in my fingers. That's that's <laughs> right. Thank you. And I remember this is actually really good because this was humbling for me. Mm. In, in I, I really mean this in a good way meaning it was a little bit humiliating, was the first one I was doing my five in, five out breaths. And you did share that. And I, I know. And I was proud. Yeah. Which is where the humbling comes mm-hmm. in. So I stepped up because I was proud that I was like, I did this breathing. I listened to Rupert, Rupert Spira on the way in. And I was just in a very groovy, beautiful place. And they gave me these shots in my hand. Who wants shots mm-hmm. in their hand? 
uh, they painful, and I was okay, mm-hmm. and it was great, um, and I was proud. Mm-hmm. And then two days later, I have to go back, and this is what really, if if anything sucks about this sort of like crazy miracle, I didn't think there was any treatment for this, and I pretty much, I mean. I'm just healing, so I can't say 100% that I don't have it. But I was just in the shower, and I said out loud, because I have so much more mobility today, I was like, this is a miracle. This is a miracle. So I understand this is price. I can hear Western medicine being like, oh, I'm sorry. We had to give you a shot to, like, fix this thing that for all of humanity until Mm -hmm. now you just had to deal with it. Yeah, we don't care about appeasing Western medicine. (laughs) I know. But the second time I went in, you have to get more shots because Mm -hmm. the second time they numb it Mm -hmm. and then then they do uh, the procedure to get rid of it. So they need to numb it to like make it not hurt, obviously. Mm -hmm. And the first time I went in, I swear, it was earlier in the week. It was like a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And uh, everybody just seemed to be, their bedside manner was like on point, Mm -hmm. smiley, talky, just nice, explaining what was going to happen, being very gentle with me, telling me the doctor's going to come in, cleaning my hand with iodine. All It felt very like nurturing. Yeah. And the second time... I was sitting in the room, a woman came in who I, I don't know this woman, never met this woman, never seen this woman before. She just goes, okay, I'm going to be numbing your hand. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Ugh. And before I know it, she was doing it. Like when she started sticking me, I said, well, I'm going out of order. She took my bandages off and I hadn't moved my hand in two days because it was very sore. Yeah. And she just started moving my hand. And I went, Jesus! I said, Jesus. She didn't even apologize. Or oh, she, yeah. she might have. She might have She's, been like, sorry. And I was like, yeah. like I haven't moved my hand in a few days. But now I'm embarrassed that mm. she made me flare up like that. Mm. I actually apologized. Yeah. She cuts off the bandages. And then before I know it, she's just doing it. Ugh. She's like, spray it. So one of the aides is spraying my hand with like a numbing something, which apparently didn't work because okay. I, I felt everything. Yeah. And she just starts sticking it. And I'm like, oh, we're doing it? Uh, like, this is it? Like, no, you're about to feel some pressure. Yep. No, uh, here we go. Just like, mm-hmm. just doing it. Mm. And incredible, like very, very painful. Then the doctor comes in. I'm numb now. But I'm sweating, and he just does the thing. I don't want to freak people out. It's not that bad, but he, he does a thing. And he and then he just starts going like, look, it's completely good. You can flatten it all the way now. And I'm, like, trying to not pass out yeah. because I felt like a NASCAR car. Right. On one hand, yes, thank you. I've been tempted to send this, this whole team flowers because it was so nice, what they've done for me. Mm. And also... This was a Thursday. It was late in the day. And I think they just wanted to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. And I, it really had the like, vroom, 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 like changing the tires on a car. Yeah. And then he, he was even like, just so, I just want to be careful because I, I really am grateful to this doctor. But in this moment, he was so like, you are a hand. Yep. And I, I fixed your hand. Yeah. And if he had looked at me once, mm-hmm. he would have seen... Again, now this is where the humbling comes in. I I did so much of that breathing. Yeah. Boy, like I did (laughs) so much of that breathing. And if people swarm in on you Mm. and that, I I remember being like, I should say on the podcast, like, because people listening that are like, 
geez, I, I had a procedure and I did the breathing and I still panicked. Yeah, fucking me too. Yeah. It's and a- this kind nurse was like, do you want some water? And that was, this woman was an angel to me. Yeah. I was like, yes, I could use some water. I think she kept me around, you know, from yeah. fainting potentially. I don't know. Yeah. But like the doctor was gone by then. By the time the water was drank, he was, he was off, you know, breaking someone else's finger. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there's a reason why, like, kind of the opposite of Western medicine is called holistic medicine. It's that's because right. that's this the thing that Western medicine doesn't have. It never considers partial medicine. the whole body. Yeah, he walked in and saw the hamburger helper hand. Yeah, and then just grabbed <laughs> it and and you know what? There's a certain level of decisiveness that I can appreciate. You know, like mm-hmm. I didn't want someone to like bang on a, a sound bowl and, and light incense. Well, you, I think it is, you know, at that just, moment, I could have used it the, all the moments leading up to it. I would have loved that. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say is just, we just to show that we are integrative and, and balanced for seven years, you tried holistic remedies for this thing oh, yeah. and it didn't work. It's like, oh, and why those can't we... Sucked. Hard That's donkey true. dick too. Yeah. Meaning acupuncture. I had bad acupuncture experiences. Bad body work. Literally the one. Oh my god! Don't get me started. <laughs> but literally the woman with uh, who who seems almost like a cliche elderly acupuncture like master. Yeah. Like shuffling around and and like okay I'm gonna. She was like working on my hand. And she's like I've never put needles in a hand before. I was like what is this Family Guy? <laughs> is this a Family Guy cutaway? Is my life a Family Guy? I cut away you've never put needle and then she hit a nerve and I was like goodbye yeah and it hurt for uh, a week like yeah. I couldn't straighten my finger for a week I was yeah. like bye so look everybody's trying to help and nobody's perfect yeah uh, and I, I, I do stand by like if somebody's gonna you know do that do it quickly mm. um, but mm. yeah. anyway all of that is to say to the addiction thing um, they gave me uh, opioids for it mm. which I, I, I remember not, they were like, we're going to give you something for the pain, but there was no conversation about what it would be. Mm. And then I just went and picked it up, sort of naively thinking, you know, I watched Dope Sick. Mm. I was like, they're not going to give me Oxycontin. Mm. And it was, uh, well, then I asked the woman who stuck me uh, very abruptly. I was like, so that stuff you gave me, that's Oxycontin, basically. Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, it's not. And I was like, what's the difference between it and Oxycontin? And she goes, it's a really low dose. Mm. And I was like, just a, a tiny dab of peanut butter is still peanut butter. Yeah, if, if you're allergic to peanut butter, yeah. you can't have it. If you can get addicted to peanut butter. <laughs> yeah. I don't. And by the way, the dose is small, but there's a bunch of them in there. So you can just, you yeah. can go ahead and get more peanut butter if you want. Yeah. And I was really going like... Wow, mm-hmm. we we're still doing that, and nobody. The pharmacist was like, "This is highly addictive," and that's when I knew that it was serious. Yeah, but I I was. But that's just a good pharmacist. I bet a, most pharmacists wouldn't even say that. She had a look on her face that was really like, like I've seen some shit. Hey, I don't dumb, want to dumb. Give this away. Like yeah. she said, "Don't take it if you don't have to take it." Yeah, and I really appreciated that. Yeah, but then this is where I have that sneaky addict. There, there's still a part of me that's like. I wonder what it's like. Because mm-hmm. speaking of our friend that's at Oblivion, she was like, you'll get really sleepy. And I was like, I love sleep. Mm-hmm. Like, this is something that feels so good you fall asleep. That's yeah. where my brain went. And then I came home and told you about it. And I told you I was just going to hold on to it. Because at that point, I didn't know. I was still numb. My hand yeah. was still numb. I was like, what if this wakes up and feels like 10 out of 10 horrible? Yeah. So I kept it. But you were... 
you were a really good partner. I really mm. appreciated it. Oh, thank you. And I was a little bit... Mm, it's not disappointed, but I was a little bit afraid that if I had just been alone, mm. I would have gone... Talk about your limbic brain. Back to 1986, and a doctor gave these to me. I will take them. Mm. And you were like, uh, Pete, this is heroin. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the pharmacist should say. Yeah, this, this is, is heroin. heroin. And this, this is heroin. And this is like currently ruined. A huge problem. And that's what we said. And now I'm wondering, I feel like we maybe did say this on the podcast because it's sounding familiar, but it was like, isn't it insane that there is something in our house that could ruin our lives? I guess they gave us the, the heroin after the first treatment. Maybe. Like, it, it was, could ruin our lives. The second lives treatment was more painful. Or end it. <laughs> And I, I'm so proud that, that you took, I, I was kind of, well, that you took the initiative to be like, let's take these back to the pharmacy and get rid of these. Well, you, yes. But, but yes, that, that first night, I, I think when I was like, why don't you just take a leave and, and when you said a leave. It was like somebody at the gates of Disney World. Mm. And you were like, why don't you just go home and play Uno with your Nana? <laughs> and I was like, fucking a leave, dude? Of course, but all of that's this. that's a really good indicator that we needed to get that out of the house. Of course. I know you, I trust you 100%, and I know you wouldn't have ultimately. But just that you were thinking of it as Disney World. Well, you know what I was actually thinking of as Disney World? And this is where it gets a little bit more relatable, because a lot of people, I hope, would be like, like fuck this shit. I'm. I watched the news. I'm not taking an opioid if I, mm -hmm. if I'm not, you know, in excruciating pain. Mm -hmm. um, you know, even I don't know. I can't speak to that. I, I'm pretty sure if I had been, it's a, it's a sidebar. Yeah. But when I was thinking, what I told myself was, you can have weed. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. when you said take a leave, I wasn't thinking I want to take opioids. Mm. I was thinking. I told myself on the ride home as soon as I realized they were opioids, you can just take edibles. Yeah. And that is the way my addict works. I don't want to ruin my life. Yeah. But I do want to have a great excuse to take a lot of weed. Yeah. And I did. And this goes back to, you were kind of saying, I don't know if you said this exactly, but like everything is sort of connected. There was the lesson I had from this, this weed time. So I really did enjoy it. Mm -hmm. uh, it did help with the pain. And then I, I eventually stopped. I did it for mm -hmm. like four days. Not taking that much. I'm kind of a lightweight. But like, mm -hmm. you know, taking five milligrams of weed in the evening, maybe ten the whole day. That's a lot for me. Yeah. Um, but then like when I stopped, the pain came back. And I was like, oh, this is why I was doing it. Meaning I was right. But that's a tricky place. Yeah. My addict goes, you're right. So yeah. you should keep, and this is why I have a, a kitchen safe. I have to lock it up. Mm -hmm. Like kitchen safe is, a, we saw it on Shark Tank. It, it'll, you can lock your weed up for two days. Yeah. Or food or, or whatever. Or food or yeah. video game controllers or your phone. I think it's a genius product, but I'm an addict. Yeah. <laughs> so like, but yeah, I locked it up for two days people. and immediately I was like, why uh, you should keep doing it. But what I noticed was, and not to be, I know I can be kind of anti-weed, even though I do it sometimes. I just noticed that like. Everything is connected, and when I am taking weed, I'm not as good at stand-up. And mm. when I'm not as good at stand-up, the next day, I don't feel as creative. I don't mm. feel as, like, juice and stuff. So 
it's not, it, this isn't an anti-weed thing. It's just like noticing that when we talk about balance, yeah. we're talking about that. Yeah. We're talking about you need to get those levels just right. Mm. Even even like going like, okay, your hand is sore, but now that I know that it's sore because I'm not stoned, I can notice when it's not sore and I can stretch it mm. and it's getting better. It's a Meaning tuning. Pain, it's a tuning. And what I can't wait to do is just, you know, jump in the jump in the pool of of liquid gold and just stay there. But mm-hmm. we're back to what we were saying. That doesn't that's not how the universe works. Right. And actually you can't be attuned when you when you are in there. Like oblivion is the opposite of attunement. Where yeah. like really what you're doing is disembodying when you are in those states and that's you're not attuning to like how your body is receiving things, how it's feeling in that moment, what it actually needs. Yeah. Also, I just heard this yesterday um, that like a an AA thing, which really everything I've ever heard from like little philosophies and stuff from AA, I'm like that's amazing. Yeah. Um, but it's it's like having one drink might make you feel like a new person, but then that new person requires one drink. Like that's part of the makeup of that one that wow. new person. Yeah. So there is something too like. Again, I think I've, you know, obviously, I think you handle weed really well where you you do it in seasons. And and because it starts to take a toll. Alcohol didn't take enough of a toll. It would now, I think. I think it would now. Yeah. But I was able to rock. I even liked being hungover and stuff. But weed hangover, because this is what I was going to say. Like, obviously, I'm on this big Rupert Spira thing. I, I found Rupert Spira, Being Aware, Being Aware, this incredible book. And once I started getting stoned, I lost my ability to read it mm-hmm. because I was just too foggy. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, this is this is like this is what we're talking about. It's like yeah. balance. Yeah. Um, I had this is a change of topic, but I had I was excited to tell you that just like an hour ago, I discovered a new teacher who I like Richie Rohr must talk about this person. What's her his name's name? Cynthia. Her name is Cynthia. What did I say? You just said, what's his name? I was kidding. Oh, shit. Uh, um, it's getting old factory in here. <laughs> I just blew out a candle and it's getting so smoky in here. That is a um, great callback, Mama. <laughs> um, her name's Cynthia Bargo. It's like... Or Burgo, it's B. It's a it's a French name apparently. B O U G E A U L T. A B L T would be great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I really liked that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, she is a mystic and an Episcopalian. A pri- yeah, Episcopalian. She's a mistake. A mystic. Oh. <laughs> a mystic, and um. Is it Episcopalian? No, it's... Yeah. I'm, I'm Episcopalio. <laughs> okay. <laughs> means I only eat the sacrament, but I, it has to be real flesh. <laughs> anyway, she's very much in the same line as, as Richie, and she's, like, all about, like, bridging all of these beliefs. And her practice is called... Um, I think she might even be... Where did the welcoming prayer come from? No, that's not her name. That, in fact, I've always wanted to, to 
tell this woman's real name. Yeah. It is Mary Mazrowski. Ooh. Mary Mazrowski wrote the welcoming prayer. Well, I, I've seen this new woman do the welcoming prayer. So it's like she's just in that world. I think she's a faculty member for CAA. CAC? CAC. Well, that's Richard's organization, so yeah. Yeah, I'm, they're all connected. But anyway, she's fantastic from what I can tell from like an hour ago of finding her out. And the, But this is the part I wanted to tell you. So I did her centering prayer, like a guided centering prayer. And you start with... Um, so it's basically, her, I, from what I can tell, her whole thing is like, like Mirror by Star 2, like using the devotion... And the relationship with God to kind of merge and and get into a non-dual space. I see. Also, this woman is like has like the sweetest little face, and she lives in in a hermitage in Maine. And she um, she has like really funny book titles. Like one of them is called "Love Is the Answer." What was the question? <laughs> I know this woman. Yeah, yeah. And the, uh, her newest book is uh, "The Corner of Fourth and Non-Dual." Like, just really cute. Uh, Which I think is a Thomas Burton reference. Anyway, a lot of names. This is getting... I mean, I love this. This This is is like Richard Rohr soup over here. Yeah, it's very inside baseball. Um, But the centering prayer, you start by chanting twice. And you chant. I'm just going to chant it. Because it's kind of powerful to hear as a chant. Do it. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know. Be still. Be. Love it, need it. Isn't that cool? And you chant that twice and then you sit. It was awesome. Stillness. Isn't that so cool? I loved it. We'll do it again. No. You have to do it twice. Okay. You can do it with me because you've gotten the, the thing. I'm actually familiar with it. You are? But I like your voice. I don't want to. Uh... Oh, you already knew this. Wait, wait, <laughs> what do you think? I'm just kidding. What do you think I'm new? What do you think I don't know if you can go into the Kaiser Permanente ER? Why? Because I don't. How did you know this and you never told me? You don't think I like this? <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, Richie does it. And I've actually, I have a very fond part of the reason that was meaningful to me, although I, I just loved it for what it was, I mean, was I have a memory of of, of me and Richard in New Mexico. Um, it was so dorky. It really felt like... Uh, it reminded me of camp, of like retreats. Mm. I suggested that we start our day. We were just doing like a little road trip around New Mexico. Mm. I suggested that we start our day with uh, meditation. Mm. I was like, but it was my idea. Mm. That, that, that's not to say he should have had the idea, but I felt yeah. a little bit like a brown nose. I think yeah. he even made a joke about mm. like if I was worried about sounding like a goody goody or something. Mm. But I really wanted to meditate with Richard. Yeah. And there's two stories about that. Well, there's probably more than that, but two come to mind. One is um, he did that. Mm. He just said it. He said, be still and know that I'm God. And then he went all the way down. Mm. And then at the, there was a piano in the room that belonged to a blues musician. Mm. And when we got the tour of the of the of the hotel, someone told us who the uh, uh, piano belonged to, 
and Richard couldn't remember. And then we did that, and then we sat for 20 minutes. And then as we were coming out of it, uh, he went, uh, it wasn't this, but it might as well have been, he went, Fats Domino. <laughs> and then he went, and that, that'll tell you a little bit about how deep my meditation was, huh? <laughs> and he like laughed, <laughs> meaning... He this was still is, kind of thinking about it. That's, this is it why beautiful. he's my father. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't, nor would I, I mean, I would never think he would be the kind of person that would be like, wow, I just touched the face of Jesus. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like, he he couldn't wait to, to make a little joke about like, you know, Sometimes. some mornings you just spend the time trying to think of who that piano belonged to. Okay, this is it. This is everything. And it's so healing that he is doing that coming from the Christian tradition because you just reminded me that, and we've talked about this privately, but um, it doesn't count unless (laughs) thousands of people are listening. Uh, That's my philosophy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the whole thing about you being kind of humbled and, and, and I, you didn't say embarrassed, but the the fact that I said humiliated. Yeah. The, the, even the setup of, before I was able to breathe and use all my techniques to really be present, and then I failed and I wasn't, like, I think that's something that you and I both carry over from our Christian upbringing yes. into this well, new spiritual fixed. practice. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can't do it, then I'm not, I'm not doing it right. I didn't, I'm not a good boy. I'm not a good girl. And that's why I see the humiliation, meaning the humbling as a good thing is like, don't forget. Don't forget. You weren't in when you did the breathing and were calm and then Mm -hmm. out when you did the breathing and were not calm. Yeah. And this is not, not just a spiritual pattern, but like. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll open for a musician at Largo, and I'm always grateful to do it, and it's always fun, but it's not a comedy crowd. I said to Flanny, who runs Largo, I was like, isn't it funny that my idea of like a difficult show now is being an unannounced guest on a music show? Yeah, because, because you're only doing Largo shows, so they're all great. I'm just then- so used to being a special guest, or, or like why they're there, or at least... Like, oh, my God. And by the way, this crowd, I was opening for Jeff Tweedy at, uh, of Wilco, and it was so fun. And the crowd was really supportive and good. I just wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. I almost never say that. I almost mm-hmm. always blame the crowd. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. not true. I do blame the crowd a lot. This night, I just couldn't find... I had done too many things that day. Mm-hmm. And I'm like a two or three things a day person. That day, I think I did five or six things. and Too many things. And then I lost my center, meaning I lost how special doing stand-up is. I lost my connection to how special Mm -hmm. it is to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And then as a result, I just didn't have the gratitude that is helpful to keep my stand-up set afloat. Sidebar, uh, Zach Braff did the podcast again, and he told me about Tick, Tick, Boom, which for some reason I had written off, maybe because it's a Netflix movie. I was just kind of like, it's a streaming movie. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. It's so good. It's so good. And it was that movie that got me back in touch with, like, I was like, oh my fucking God, like, I get to do this? Yeah. It made me, it completely uh, stopped that lack of gratitude. Yeah. Um, Or the lack of connection to my gratitude. Anyway, I forget what I was saying. Um, And I knew you were going to, and then I was trying to remember while you were talking. The pattern of the universe is, I, I, the last time I did stand-up was opening for Jeff at Largo, and it didn't go very well. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like I'm out. 
Right. And then I go and do a set and it was good. Yes. And then I feel like I'm in. Meaning this pattern keeps chasing me. Mm-hmm. And it's the other thing I wrote on this piece of paper. And, and we can say this and we have to go, yeah. uh, unfortunately. But I wrote down out there. I almost got emotional just now. I was like, mm. the problem I've been having that was fueled by my four days of weed fog. Mm. Or how was it longer than that? It was like four days. Mm-hmm. Um, which led to, um, it just led to like a lot of like food and TV and checking my email to see if that audition got back to me. And Mm. it it just got me, it took me, I don't want to be hard on myself, but it made me think that what I'm looking for is out there. Right. And I've started recalibrating. And actively saying to myself, like, I'll go for my phone and I'll stop Mm. and I won't check my phone. And Mm. there's a real power in that. I'll say, whatever you're looking for, Mm. it's not in your email. Mm. And I've started doing that. Even if it is the audition and you got the part, Mm -hmm. stop it. Mm-hmm. And and get reacquainted mm. with the the mystery and the love that you are that is always complete. But something about that weed time just spun me back into a place of going like you know. And by the way, this is like embroidered on the back of the flag. It's like you know what's dope: eating something dope yeah. and feeling dope while you're watching something dope on yeah. an IMAX screen. Yeah, and it's like. Yeah, that, like, I, I don't mean to sound like a, I don't know what I sound like, but that is, that is a hamster wheel. Yeah. And it's, and it is a trap. And like, at a certain point, you go, like an addict, you go, I'm addicted to getting hits mm-hmm. of love out there. That's exactly what it is. And I'm going to stop. And, and it's boring at first and you have withdrawal. But like, today is the first day that I'm like... Fuck that shit. And what? Yeah. Uh, Tara Brock calls it uh, false refuges. Like, I think she has a book called True Refuge. But it's it's this idea that we are looking for refuge and we can temporarily get it in these things that are going to ultimately get us stuck in that hamster wheel. Like food, like like uh, relationships even, and, you know, codependent relationships uh drugs alcohol all of that just our phones these these false refuges and then really what we want is to we can take refuge that's that's an okay beautiful desire Mm -hmm. but what are we taking refuge in and when we can do it in a healthy loving relationship and community and being in our bodies and dancing and yes this is what what makes it yeah, it just makes all of the difference. Please don't think I'm waiting to speak. I love what you're saying. I want swelling music under it and a standalone <laughs> YouTube video that says Val killing it. <laughs> the other thing is that in Buddhism, when when the, um, when Buddhism talks about desire, it distinguishes between healthy desires and unhealthy desires. And unhealthy desires work from a belief of... I have this hole in me that I need to fill. That's right. And, and that does, Rupert points out that that does work, but very temporarily. Very temporarily. Because in the moment you get the thing that you wanted, you have a moment of desirelessness mm-hmm. because you have what you want. Mm-hmm. Even if it is a part 
or a product or a car or a relationship or she said yes or whatever it is. Yeah. But then immediately like sand, it just falls away and, you know, yeah. it's a bottomless uh, barrel. Right. And, but then there's also healthy desires. So the idea is not, we can't escape desire. That's the makeup of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but we can move more towards healthy desires, which would be like you wanting to read Rupert Spira, you taking your cold plunges. I was just going to say, that's it. That's it. Yeah. These me dancing, desires, me, whatever is yeah. going to make you, remind you that you are already whole. So the unhealthy desire is working from a, a sense of lack. The healthy desires are for the purpose of remembering that you're already whole. This is That's something Rupert says. By the way, I was watching Rupert today and he was talking about how pain and trauma lives in our bodies mm, and that like wow. there's like a feeling Ooh. he's like you can have the uh, intellectual realization you can become enlightened almost like on a on a rational level yeah. and then he's like and then there's something called the post enlightenment dharma which means the work or sadhana the work you have to do to mm. bring your body up to speed with the re- revelation to integrate it wow i'm glad he talks about that That's i really great. think you'd love him yeah. I, I know you do love him yeah. uh, when i quote him but like he says, oh, what did you just say? Uh, rem- reminding oh, yourself yes. that you're whole. He's like, there's things that you do to make yourself feel complete. Mm-hmm. and Because ap- people are like, you have desires, you pick those glasses. Or, mm-hmm. or you you have sex with your wife or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. And he's like, there's a time when you have sex because you want it to make you complete. And then there's a time, I'm just using sex, where you have sex because it's a celebration of what already is. Like it's a yes. celebration that life is that awareness is and and you're doing it from this place of yahoo rather than like if i have sex i'll be more clear-headed or whatever it is Mm -hmm. and and i love that even as i said i have i have superstitious things still rattling in there from time to time and i was like when i was like the audition as if it's a bad thing i do want that part yeah but it's from that I'm trying to make sure through this conversation that it's from like a, that beautiful because flowers smell great and sunrises look great you know what I mean and, yeah. and it's and it, it can be beautiful and it doesn't define me but it's okay to to participate with with this with the system I think that's the beautiful the system of, of wants I mean yes that right right and I think that's a beautiful reframing and also you can acknowledge that there might be desires from your child self to find worth and from, you yes. know, the fun, the pure, like superficial fun of the attention or the yeah. approval. Yeah. Those are, I think there's space for all of it. It's I just agree. not identifying with one and being possessed by that. Yes. But I, I think that might be one of our ways out of being like, did I do it like a good boy or did I do it? Right. You know, like a bad boy, like just allow it all. That's why that audition specifically was so fun because you and I shot it together and, and it involved singing and you had to teach me how to sing. And maybe I already referenced this, but I was like, that felt like, like when I watched tick, tick, boom, it talks about how the guy who wrote Rent never got to see how, what a success Rent was. Mm. I was like, well, it's my hope. I took comfort in the fact he wrote it. Yeah. He was at the rehearsals. Yeah. He was at the, like, he saw full productions of it. Yeah. And he, if he was enjoying that, yeah. then there's there's still a great joy in that. Like, yes. we go like, but he never got to see the brass ring. 
I, I can get in touch with that feeling. I feel that. Mm. But even when you can get into the place where you're enjoying the process, yes. I know this sounds like Hallmark Channel all of a sudden, no. but when we did that audition, we were laughing yeah, it was and so joyful fun. and it was in itself its own reward. Mm-hmm. Um, what a privileged and beautiful thing to be able to do. But I think we, we, we can find a way to do that even in shitty shittier things that aren't super special and fun yeah all right what do we got cheney oh we're gonna read some of that do you want to read that i don't have a poem i've been really slacking on that well i think i think can you do that chant one more time that's what i want you want to end on that yeah (laughs) that's sweet i really loved that okay that'll be our if you're okay with it sure and then we'll go right into keep it crispy which feels sort of inappropriate I think it's great. It's a it's an exercise in truly uh, everything not, belongs. Everything belongs. That's Don't take right. anything too seriously. There, let's get rid of this sacred, profane division. It's all beautiful, baby. Mm-hmm. We're not getting rid of reverence. We're just having reverence for all of it. <gasps> That's Rob Bell. Moses didn't take his shoes off because the ground was sacred. He took his shoes off because he realized the ground was always sacred. Mm, I love that. Isn't that good? Oh, he's so good. When he saw the burning bush. Moses yeah. takes his sandals off, but it's because he... It's not just that area just of become, ground. It was always yeah. sacred. Yeah, and he just really. Which, by it. the way, is something that Richard said about in New Mexico, there are places where you can go and the, and the earth is supposed is said to be healing. Mm. And they put it on you and they do these ceremonies and apparently it works. And what Richard said, he was like, it's because they allow themselves to see the Christ in the dirt. Wow. Meaning seeing the, the all in the small. So it, yeah. it's not... You could say it's not special dirt, but it is special dirt Mm -hmm. if that ceremony helps you recognize that the ground was always sacred. Yeah. Isn't that great? Oh, I love My whole life, people from the church would be like, "That's those are heathens and that's superstition. And he was just like, no, it's another way of doing what we're doing. Yeah. Is trying to see the the everything in the in the small. Yeah. Also, Jesus put mud on that guy's eyes, and he spit on it. Yeah. Kind of, kind of mm-hmm. punk rock. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about my phone. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. <sighs> Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know. Be still. Be. Fats Domino. Keep it crispy. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Val. That was awesome. I love that. Yeah, it's nice. Beautiful. I don't... You got to say the last word. I'm always worried it sounds like I want to get the last word. Last word. 